This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Here we go again, week number, I don't know, we started in January on faith and I'm stirred up about it. Go with me to the book of Luke 17 tonight. Luke 17. And as you turn to Luke 17, you know, if you're building a house or a, any, any type of building, the key element to the building of a house is the foundation. Without a foundation, nothing's going to happen. And without a good foundation, it's, it's not going to stand long. And so when you think about the foundation, everything that's built on top of that foundation is dependent upon the foundation. It's the same with faith. I've got to get a foundation of faith. Because remember last week we read in Mark 4 where the Lord said about the parable starting in Mark 4, 13, He said, you got to get this parable. And every bit of it had to do with the Word of God. And the Word of God, when I hear it, will bring faith. And so understand, i got to get a foundation of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. He said the just shall live by faith. And so every promise in the New Testament is received by faith. That's how it operates. That's how it flows. So we begin tonight in Luke 17, verse 5. And Jesus' apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Show us how to increase our faith, was their cry. So we stop right there and they say, Lord, increase our faith. So think just a little bit. What is faith? What is a faith is total trust in believing that God will do what he says he'll do. So total trust of faith is, I believe the word of God. So when they said, Lord, increase our faith, they're saying, increase our ability to trust you in what you said. So Jesus then jumps back in in verse 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith, if you have the word of God, if you have trust in me as a mustard seed, now, if I had a mustard seed right here in my hand, you wouldn't be able to see it unless you were real close. It's, it's that small of a speck. And so Jesus right here, he's telling me and you that when it comes to faith, it's not so much about the quantity, but it's about the quality of your faith. And he said, listen, guys, if it starts out just as a mustard seed, that's the starting point. But if you have a seed of a, a faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So he likens here faith to that of a seed. And we know you got to get a seed in the ground, and so we get the seed of the Word of God in our heart. And then we think about Jesus' words here. His disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say, you shall Start speaking. What am I speaking? Well, what's the very essence of faith? The essence of faith is the Word of God. So he's telling them, boys, start speaking the Word of God out of your mouth. Start speaking to the mulberry tree. See, in Mark eleven twenty three, he said that, that whoever will say unto the mountain, 
You know, we need to learn to start speaking to the mountain what we desire to happen, and it's based on the Word of God. You know what's on the other side of the mountain? The very thing you're believing God for. And so by faith, I go after it. And so when I look and and put all this together about what the Lord said, faith is a seed. It gets planted in my heart, and then I begin to speak the very things he said. So really, the Lord Jesus right here, he's telling his disciples, he said, listen, boys, faith talks. And what faith says is the expectation. Start speaking the expectation that are based on the word of God. And what will happen is when I begin to say those things, I'm actually speaking the resources of heaven. This is what I'm believing you for, Father God. So you keep speaking to that mountain, and yeah, it may be by faith, but when you speak the word of God to the mountain, remember in, in uh, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive, and the word of God is powerful. And so it's working, it's working, it's working. And, and it's kind of what Shelley said earlier. Hang on to the things of God. Don't give up. Keep speaking them. Now, turn with me. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to one more before we get to where we ended last week. Go to the book of John, chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John, chapter 8. And this passage, how many of you have ever read a verse and then you chewed on it? What I mean by chewed on it? And you just begin to meditate on it. And you think, show me, Father God. I, I sense there's something in this you want to show me. This is one of those verses that I've chewed on for a while. John eight twenty-eight. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Now, did you get that right there? Jesus spoke only what the Father said. Jesus Himself did. So if we would get that, when we speak what the Father says, and what does the Father say? It's the Word of God. The key to everything that Jesus did is He got into agreement with Father God with His mouth. And so once again, it tells me right there, there's power in the spoken Word. There's power in the rhema. That's what rhema means, the spoken Word. Now, go with me the book of James. Chew on that a while. That'll help you. James chapter 3 is where we ended last week. James 3, and we will jump right into it. I, I want to start in one of the key verses of that again tonight. James 3, verse 2. We've read this numerous times. This is a good one. Get a hold of this. For we all stumble in many things. Yes, we do, and yes, we have. If anyone does not stumble in word, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he... The person is perfect, he is complete, he is sound, he is mature, and able also to bridle the whole body. He's able to curb his entire nature. How? Well, with what James just said there, my body takes orders from my mouth. It's interesting, isn't it? In other words... My body is going to do what my mouth says. So he said here that if anyone learns to bridle or control his tongue, he can take control over his whole body, his appetites, 
his lust, even his health. Every bit of that is tied to my body. And so James is revealing the power that me and you have in our tongue. So we review last week in James 3.3, he used the analogy of a wild horse. The way you, you break a wild horse is you put a bit in his mouth. To, treat, to teach a wild horse obedience, it's done in the mouth. To change the direction that a horse is going, it's done in the mouth. Then in verse 4, he got over onto the size of a ship. And he talked about the rudder. And the rudder in proportion to the size of the ship was tiny. And he said, that rudder has the ability to direct the entire ship even in a storm. And it said there at the end, as the pilot goes. So in other words, the rudder, the tongue, gets its directions from the man, me or you. And that tongue has the ability to guide me even in the storms. So it tells me right there, even in the storms of life, you choose the words that you're going to say. You know, even in Jesus' life, they said to him, they said, listen, buddy, we're going to kill you. And you know what Jesus' response was? All right, I'll come back in three days. <laughs> it ain't no thing. And so oftentimes, when we get in the storms of the life, we usually, me included, we, we freak out. But he's telling me there that something happens when I control my tongue, even in the storms of life. The next one was James 3, uh, verse 5, and he likened a spark to a, a, a forest fire. And that little spark within it had the, uh, the potential for great devastation and great destruction. The same as our tongue. So we pick up tonight where we left off, and we'll start in James 3, verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. That's true. I mean, there's wild horses that get broke. Think about this. You know, you don't see the circuses very often anymore. But you think back that when there were circuses as a long time ago, that you would see lions jumping through rings of fire. You'd see clowns riding on the back of elephants, monkeys doing incredible feats. And then right now, we, we could go to SeaWorld and the walruses put on a great show. The dolphins, how about Shamu? And so he's telling us right here, all the animals, how many of you have ever seen parrots talk? It's crazy what they can do and say. And so they've all been tamed by mankind and this is what he's getting to. So look what he jumps to next, verse 8. But no man, none, can tame the tongue. None. In other words, he's telling me here the, the human tongue is untamable. The Amplified says it's undisciplined. Every one of us is. It's undisciplined. So what, what happens here with our tongue is if you've ever been to a court of law and you testify, they'll have you to stand up and they'll say, do you swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God? Yes, I do. So they make you take an oath or a vow. Well, oftentimes as human beings, and this, this may locate you, I've done this myself, I've said some of the stupidest things out of my mouth. And after I've said it, I've made a vow and I said, I'm never going to say that again. I'm never going to take on a case of the stupids like that again. 
And so there's this thing called willpower. And we make this vow and this, we make this oath. And you know how long it happens? About a day or two. And then our human nature, our mouth begins to leak again. And we have a case of the stupids. Do you know every one of us in this room have a locker in our heart called stupid until I train it? Now, in this right here, when we talk about the human tongue, I'm going to give you some bad news and some good news. The bad news is it is humanly untamable. That doesn't mean that I don't take no responsibility in this. The good news is it's divinely tameable. That God will help us. God will grace us. God will birth within us through the fruit of the Spirit, the spirit of self-control. So right here when you read this, it's as if the horse, you want to train the horse to be disciplined, then you, you do it in his mouth. It's the same as me and you. What a prayer. Even King David in Psalm 141 verse 3, he said, Lord, keep a guard on my lips. Put a watch over my mouth. He understood the power of his tongue, but he said, Father God, put a guard on there. That was our homework assignment a few weeks ago. I encourage you to keep saying that. Speak that, Lord, help me. So we jump right on in this a little farther. Verse 8 still. But no man can tame the tongue. It, the tongue, is unruly and is full of deadly poison. Every one of us. With it, with the tongue, we bless our God and our Father. And with it, our tongue, we curse men who've been made in the similitude or the, uh, the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. And so he's telling me here, our tongue is, is notoriously inconsistent. And it's interesting, he ends there and he says, my brethren, my fellow believers, look what he ends with, these things ought not to be so. Now, I want to read verses 11 and 12, and then I'm going to come back to him. He goes on to say, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grape tree bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And so as we end there, I, I can almost picture James shaking his head and saying to brethren, we got to quit doing this. Our tongue is, is contrastingly productive. And when he goes on and says there in verse 11, he says, does the springs force in fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No. No. When, when I read this, we understand how nature goes. We know good and well that if you go get a bucket of water out of the ocean, it's going to be salty. But the tongue does stuff that's, that's totally contradicting to even nature. And so he goes on in verse 12 and says, Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? No. We're smart enough to understand a fig tree is going to bear fig trees. He goes on to say, Or does a bear olives? Or can a grapevine bear figs? So in each analogy there, we know figs are going to produce figs, olives, olives, and grapes are going to produce grapes. And he ends with, thus, 
No, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And so what he ends up telling us, sometimes out of our own mouth, out of the same breath, we speak cursing and we speak blessing. And in this whole, whole passage there, James 3 verses 1 through 12, think about this. He said, brethren, these things shouldn't be that way. In other words, let the Lord help you get a hold of the very things that you speak because this is unnatural for a, God, a child of God. It's unnatural for us. Now, in, in Proverbs 18.21, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's death in the power of tongue, and there's also life in the power of the tongue. In saying that, which gate do you open? Which gate are you opening in your life? Which gate? Do you speak death or do you speak life? Think about this. If you were tomorrow morning to go out here to the airport and you were going to take a flight even to Dallas and there's two lines. And on this side of the line it says life and this side it says death. Which one are you going to get on? Listen, you don't need to pray about that, okay? At least I hope. You're not thinking you're going to take a shortcut that day. But see, this is the significance of the Word of God that I believe the Lord's trying to show us. And He says, you're entering a line of death or you're entering a line of life every day with the things you're saying. And who's responsible? I'm responsible, but I've got to come to the place in my life where I say, Lord, help me. Help me in this area. Now, you're real close. Turn just a couple pages back to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren. James addresses us. He, he makes sure we know he's talking to believers here. Let every man be swift to hear, a ready listener, and slow to speak, or slow to talk. And so when you read this here, it's as if James is warning us, don't just let your words fly. You know, one of our, our amendment rights here in America is free speech. We'll give you a little nugget tonight. There's nothing free about speech. Nothing. And so he's given me an indication here, listen guys, before you speak, Make sure your words are very precise. Pause. Think about it before you let it go is exactly what he's telling us. Most of the time as human beings, we have this backwards. We're swift to speak, but we're slow to hear. And anytime I do that, it gets me in trouble. It'll get you in trouble. Look at what this ultimately goes to here. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. How many of you, when you get mad, angry, full of wrath, yep, 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 yep. You start yakking, and it's like you've got a, a pistol, and you pull it out and start for probably every one of us in this room. So he's warning us right here, listen, even in the place of anger, don't get where you just start firing. Pastor, have you done that? Yes, numerous times. And it's not good when we do that. 
Now, I'm going to give you a thought here, and, and, and don't throw stones at me yet, okay? L- listen to me out. The word damn, D-A-M-N, damn it. Yes, we're in church, so don't freak out on me, okay? That word comes from the root word damnation. That word damnation, it means eternal punishment. It means eternal punishment. Now, I want you to think about this. Because every one of us in this room have probably done it. If it means eternal punishment, every time I use the word damn, I am assigning to it eternal punishment. What do you mean, Pastor? That damn wife of mine? Those damn kids? We're in church. I realize that, okay? We got quiet in here. Don't, don't, don't judge me, okay, on this. I'm just using it as an illustration. That damn boss of mine, that damn job, that damn car. Now, I'm not saying that we should be saying that. I'm just using it as illustration. So really, when we do that, it's a lack of knowledge. It's almost like we walk in ignorance and we are damning with eternal punishment all the very things in our own life. Now, listen, when, when I've used that word before, I didn't mean that, but yet I spoke it. And so when I speak those words, it's exactly like the forest fire that he talks about, that it caused destruction. It caused devastation. And so even in this passage, James is warning me and you, be careful, little mouth, what you say. This is what he's trying to get across to every one of us. And so the deal is, once again, if I can learn through the help of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God before I just start firing, help me to pause, Lord. Help me to take a breath and think about what I'm fixing to do. I mean, I really believe this. I've never been awake in surgery when they've cut on me, but I don't think that the, the surgeon just says, hey, scalpel, and just... He sits there and he's very precise and he's very... That's how God wants us to become. Now, this exact passage right here is cross-referenced back into the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 10. I want you to go to Proverbs 10. I want you to see this. And so, James warns us about the tongue. We've been warned over and over about it. And even, even... what Jesus said, now it was not from a negative slant at all, but Jesus told us, speak. Speak out of the words. Speak words of faith. Speak words of victory. How many of you here de- de- desire defeat? None of us. De- so quit speaking it. How many of you de- desire sickness? None of us. So quit saying, oh, I'm going to. See, once again, we start speaking out of our heart. Our heart leaks. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Be careful what you're releasing out of your mouth. Uh, Proverbs 10, verse 19. In the multitude or abundance of words, sin is not lacking. Sin is not absent. When you talk too much, Sin is going to be associated with it is what he's telling me. But he who restrains his lips is wise. We are responsible for what we say. The New Living says there, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible 
and keep your mouth shut. Now, that, that verse right there is cross-reference over to Proverbs 17, 27. Let's just move that way. Proverbs 17, 27. Listen to what it says. He who has knowledge or understanding spares his words. The word understanding or knowledge there literally means the opposite of being ignorant. So once I begin to understand, even the little simple word of damn we use, I can't go with those words. I've got to understand those things. Go with me to Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whoever, that's me and you, we're whoever's, whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Once again, Lord, put a guard on my mouth. Help me to speak life. Help me to speak encouraging words. You know, this is all a process. The guy who's trying to break that wild horse, he doesn't do it the first time. The second, It's a process. Begin to start walking it out. And, and when, when I say stuff out of my mouth, and I repent of it, and I say, Lord, I don't want that stuff. I don't want to do that. Help me. Help me in this area. Help me where I'm always listening to what I'm saying. And it falls back to what we said weeks ago, weeks ago. Tag everything that you say with, in the end with, and that's just the way I want it. And that's just the way I want it. And I'm going to tell you, when you start speaking crazy, stupid junk out of your mouth and you tag it with, that's just the way I want it, it'll change you. Man, I, 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 I don't want sickness to come to me. And that's just the way I want it. Or we can go back and say, man, I, I know bad always happens to me. And that's just the way I want it. I never have anything good to happen to me, and that's just the way I want it. You know what? We never go on vacation, and that's just the way I want it. We're always broke, and that's just the way I want it. Woo. Or I get over, and I say, man, I'm telling you, God has blessed me, and that's the way I want it. I thank you that God is working on my behalf, and that's the way I want it. God is gracing me today, and that's just the way I want it. But so much of it is a result of my tongue. i got one more to go to here. Go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Now, I'm, I'm thinking next week we're going to move on. We're going, we've sat on the tongue here for a while. We're going to go on, and there's a couple areas, but we've got to hit again and some areas. So we're going to keep talking on faith. I don't know how long we're going to keep going. We'll just go till we're done. We get that in us and get a good foundation of us. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Pay attention to the words of God. Incline your ear to my saying. Incline your ear. In, in other words, hear, hear, hear. You know, Jesus says several times, he says, those of you who have ears to hear, let him hear. Well, the issue isn't if we don't have ears. We all got ears. We got big ears, little ears, skinny ears, ugly ears. We all got ears in here. The issue isn't ears. The issue is, do I incline my ear to hear the word of God? Do I purpose in my heart? Lord, I want to hear. So he gets over on that, and then he says, do not let them. What's the them? Don't let the word of God depart from your eyes. Something happens when we see the word of God before our eyes. That's why it's important that you learn to read the word of God. This may locate some of us as our age, but I, I remember all the way through school that they would have the, the Ten Commandments posted. 
I remember them all over the place. And so the word of God was before me all the time. And I didn't realize it, but it says, thou shall not steal. Thou shall not lie. And so you look at those things. Something happens when the word of God's before us. You look at our students right now in public schools. There is no Ten Commandments. They would rather talk about all the sexual stuff than that. But the part of the issue with our students is if the Word of God is never before their eyes, they're not convicted by it. I, I encourage you as, as parents, put the Word of God before your children. Let them see it. He goes on to say, For they, the Word of God, are life to those who find them. I'm t- Every time I speak the Word of God, I'm speaking life. I'm speaking life. And he goes on to say, and health to all their flesh. What is health to all our flesh? The Word of God. When I get a hold of that and I begin to speak it, I, I double-dog dare you tonight. That's a big deal when we double-dog dare you. I double-dog dare you to watch your tongue and watch your saying over your body. And I have, I have migraines every day. And that's just the way I want it. Watch your tongue. Watch your tongue over your children. That boy of mine is always sick. My little girl is so accident prone. If something's going to happen, it's going to happen to her. And that's just the way I want it. Oh, Pastor, this hurts. No, it's just locating us. Actually, it's just locating me. And he goes on to say here, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Wow. And put perverse lips far from you. In this passage, he deals with the ear, he deals with the eye, he deals with the heart, and he deals with the mouth. And I've got to get the word. Get the word, get the word, hear the word, see the word, get it in my heart and speak it over and over and over and over again. Pastor, how long do I have to do it the rest of your life? Live it. Let that get on the inside of you. Make it a habit to start speaking the word. And just as Jesus said, you speak into the the mulberry tree and you say, you say, stand up here. Wow. I'm telling you, this, this, raise, this raises the level in me when I speak on it. This raises the standard in my own heart where I say, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm going to speak the word out of my mouth stronger and harder than I've ever done it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.